0: We thank you for joining us on the Lego Football Podcast. Happy New Year 2023. A very special interview coming your way. We do have the full interview here for you on our audio platforms for Lego Football. But if you'd like to see footage from the Hakan Suker interview, do head over to the Lego Football YouTube page. The link will be in the show notes. We've split them up into five different episodes there. Episode one, we talk about the FIFA World Cup fastest goal that he scored, his partnership with Bobo Vieri and Ronaldo and Recoba what he won in Italy the record with his nation in terms of goal scoring in episode two of the YouTube series Sucre tells us how Juventus and Milan courted him but then Lippi insisted on getting him at Inter his success with Galatasaray As they eliminated some of the European heavyweights. In episode three, we get into some more details about certain games and his best goals in the Europa League and Champions League. And we focus on that star studded Inter team of 2001. In part four, focus on his career at Inter and the Milanese Derby, his move to the Premier League, and his favorite coach as well. Finally, in episode five, his club silverware. His individual achievements and then we delve into some other aspects of Hakan hakansuka's life which you might find rather interesting We talk about his wikipedia page and how turkish commentators have been under the pump for mentioning his name back in turkey and then we'll wrap it up we thank the lego football loyalists for joining us for those that are new to this podcast and to our platform echo the hakansuka interview here on lego football the career of a living legend. So welcome to the Lego Football Podcast. You're with David Farini and we have a very special guest with us today. It is Hakan Sukur. Primarily remembered for his extraordinary ability to poach goals. He was a skilled free kick taker as well. He could soak up pressure and convert penalties and was gifted with a superb aerial ability. He played for Galatasaray from 1992 on and off until 2008, during which he had stints in Italy with Torino. Inter And Parma, he also played, spent some time in the English Premier League, capped by Turkey 112 times, 51 goals at international level. He was Gala's all-time top scorer. He was the Turkish national team's top scorer. This guy's a legend up there with the best of the best, the Turkish Super League all-time top scorer, Gala's all-time top scorer in European games, 332 career goals in 709 games. Merhaba Hakan şükür. welcome to Lego football and thank you for joining.
1: Thank you David. A long time ago I heard in slime like this in my in records and goals and all success but be careful uh, you you shouldn't go to Turkey now if you say in good words and about me and you can't go in Turkey. I'm sure amongst the Turkish people I have no
0: problem at all because everybody loves you. And I'm, you know, I I remember as a fan as well, an immense player. And I'm so glad that you've joined to
1: talk today. Now Italian and Buonasera, buongiorno, and English and good night, good evening, and all of them and say hello from me.
0: Thank you very much. A, A multilingual Hakan. Yeah. I understand you're based in the United States of America now, which we will yes. get to a little bit later. overall, how are you, Nasil Sin? Nasil. Are you still kicking a ball around? you still playing a little bit for fun?
1: Yes, um, I can play and sometimes and pick up games. you know, I have a lot of friends here, and only enjoy time and not professional uh, but i I love in soccer, you know everywhere i can play soccer also i have a lot of and um, players and kids and we are working together and okay from- so there
0: could be a a, a future shukar that will come through and play professionally
1: yes i hope so i hope so maybe and for me and difficult time for me you know and my life is very and confused and from turkey um I'm living here in for seven years in America and with my family uh, it was very very difficult time and seven years because I lose my everything and my everything in Turkey you know and dictatorship and my life is started new from from the beginning you know and but we are living here and uh, I have to protect my mind healthy, you know. And, you know, there are a lot of confused situations about me. But uh, I am okay now. Don't worry. Is everything okay? And my wife and my daughters, my son here, is everything is good now. Good.
0: Family, the most important thing, obviously. Yes. yes. You all have priorities in life. It's good to hear that you're doing okay in the USA. Yes. and uh very sorry to hear about your situation as well and we'll get through this interview and hopefully you can share some of your thoughts let's talk about some of your football to begin with on a world level you were turkey's complete attacker one of the most intelligent strikers of your era playing alongside some of the very very best players in history canavaro george haji Javier Zanetti, Christian Vieri, Brazilian Ronaldo. But there is one record in particular that sticks in my mind. And a lot of people at the moment watching the FIFA World Cup in 2022, it's in their mind. You're the current record holder for the fastest goal at the FIFA World Cup.
1: Yes, I remember in that moment, every game I'm watching and after the 11th second and finished game for me because my record is same like this, continue. I hope so, we'll continue again in same record. I think like this, God gift for me, because And after the 20 years, everybody knows, everybody speaks my goals, you know? And record and 11 seconds, and get remembered in all peoples and soccer fans. But I am very, very happy, because you know in soccer different sports if you have a lot of money if you have uh, any opportunity um, all player and call you but if you lose your everything and anybody not near you is right and difficult but my score and my goals and very very important for me And I am uh, living in America. Everybody knows that and my goals. Everything is good. Great to hear. Uh, 11 seconds, people at home. Yes.
0: So as Hakan was saying, he waits until the 12th second of the game, gets the remote control and turns the game off. And then he can go about his business for the day, relax. This interview is taking place. On a Friday, yeah. it's the day before the third versus fourth playoff. It's yes. going to be Morocco and Croatia. And that is yeah. actually the game that you scored in, in 2002. It was the South Korean captain, Myung yes. Hungbo, who was the defender. And you took the ball away from him, put it away on your left foot, passed there, the goalkeeper. I think Woon was the goalkeeper. And it was a pleasure for me, a very big pleasure for me as an Italy fan, seeing as though south korea had infamously eliminated italy from the tournament yes,
1: i remember i watched i watched this game but after the italy we played together south korea yeah it was a very difficult game for us because after the italy and victory and from um, and south korea and it was very difficult but we won and third place in world cup
0: third place. Unbelievable. So good for Turkish football. And South Korea was the host nation playing at home in this game. So a big challenge for you. You scored the first goal in the first 11 seconds. Congratulations for your goal. And I'm also glad that the referee for your game was not Byron Moreno, the same referee that did Italy and South Korea. So, and hopefully when you left Italy in 2002 and went to England, I hope that the managers and the staff at Parma and Inter thank you for that goal against South Korea as well. So uh, we're currently talking about World Cup football. Obviously, you are disappointed about Turkey's absence at this World Cup in 2022. And I can empathize with you from an Italian standpoint, being an Italy fan, no Italy, no Turkey.
1: I'm disappointed also like you, an Italian in Turkey, uh, not this World Cup. Italy and all the world and all the tournament in maybe and first actor in World Cup and Europe champion. Last Europe champion, you know, and very disappointed for Italy. But Turkey, um, after 54 years, and we went to World Cup 2002. In other World Cups, we... uh, didn't join the World Cup. Last time, uh, we, could, we couldn't go again. It was very disappointing because we have a lot of quality players. We are a good team, but uh, now and change everything and together with, um, you know, regime and regime and catch everywhere and under the control regime you know, and political science and different one, Turkey situation now. But um, when I didn't see an Italy, a disappointment, same like my country. Yeah, massive uh, disappointment. I, I I love Italian, I love Italian people. And you know, all of France is very, very nice. And like my country, you know, is carino, and different one and good people and smile and and fantastic and atmosphere in stadium is it was very good. But both team this disappointed for me. Both team. Yeah. But if my team and Turkish team if go and uh, the World Cup, maybe uh, I'm gonna go and for commentator for Turkish team. I lose any job, and here we spoke a lot of uh, France and for commentator. And if if Turkey go in World Cup, I got an offer a lot of in television in America, but we didn't go. But my job is (laughs) finished.
0: Unfortunately, Turkey didn't go, or you would have been commentating. And maybe next time I can commentate the Turkish games in English, and you can do it in Turkish. And maybe some guest commentary in English, from the best Turkish player in history next to me. And uh, we can go ahead. I might just point out we have two other people in this uh, chat that we're talking about and that have joined us as well. And they're here for uh, not just support, but they are the facilitators of this interview and also here to help me because I speak no Turkish, unfortunately. So, But hopefully if they speak Turkish between themselves, it's nothing bad about me, but I'll find out later. Um, so your emergence in the early 1990s into the Turkish national team was perhaps the biggest factor for the speedy elevation of this competitive Turkish national side, because before the 1990s, Turkey was struggling to qualify. So before Hakan Şükür, there were great Turkish strikers and a few of them even played in Italy. But they ex- excelled on an individual level. You brought a more tactical approach, professionalism, strength in the game physically. Uh, you know, Turkey would score great goals and could lead the game, but then would, after five or 10 minutes, lose discipline and then fail to qualify for tournaments. It was kind of like the birth of the modern striker, which introduced pressing, encouraged a fighting spirit, collective style within the national team's attacking game working well with your ex-coach Fatih Terim, who liked all of his players to attack and his forward players to also defend. Is that an accurate assessment of how you were as a player?
1: You know, uh, against South Korea, I had in one goal and record goal in 11 seconds, but I had in two assists, you know, and my particular is maybe an assist and team player not a only alone and skills i ha- i had and header and pressure you you told me in different and hakan score and pressure uh, i was an a good player but um, i wasn't strong and header and jumping there was a lot of score like this uh, but we catch in good generation and together in others. You know, and before in Galatasaray and together with Fatih Terim and Okan Buruk now in coach in Galatasaray, coach of Galatasaray now. And there was Arif Erdem and Haji, Popescu, Tafarel. And there was a lot of quality player. But we shoved into Fatih Terim and different team but not tactical formation and struggling together and thinking together. We spoke a lot of time before the game, after the game. Um, there was a good team and Fatih Tevhim catch that and good organization and different soccer model, you know, and di- different formation. Score like Hakan's score. I never seen other players like me. But uh, Mitawa olmayacağım demek ne demek? Um, I am mm-hmm. not gonna be humble because uh, I was great player, but I played Turkey, you know, a lot of time, a national team and good team. There was a good team, but when I played Italy, um, there was a little bit unlucky, unlucky for me. But um, when I came to Torino, you know, and after the Torino, I told uh, to everybody, I am gonna come back again, maybe. And if you have any target and for champion and good teams, we can do everything. But after Lippi wanted want me, and together with Conte, there was a lot of journalists and newspaper and wrote. And a lot of time, Hakan score as a good player. He's going to come again in, in Italy. But uh, we spoke uh, to Lippi, but not Inter Milan but for Juventus.
0: That's um, right. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I remember.
1: Zidane and um, was player, play in Juventus, you know, 99, I think so. And I went, I went to Torino again. And and same city and different team and Torino and a couple of years after I came for Juventus. We didn't deal again, but there was a lot of story and there was a Henry, you know, and French player. But um, for Lippi, I came the Inter Milan.
0: It was always Marcello Lippi that, that liked you.
1: Yes, there was a lot of quality players. You know, you remember and R- Ronaldo and Vieri, Zamorano. And there was an eight, nine striker players. Robbie Keane, Recoba and... There was a lot of quality players. When I went in Italy, I saw is like this, because before the Inter and Milan, and we spoke together, you know Breda? Breda, the... Breda, we spoke together with him and Breda.
0: Okay, so the AC Milan sporting director. Yes, sporting director, yeah. Let's just touch on some of the coaches that you were under. Besides Fatih Tarim, there was Hector Cooper, Marcello Lippi, as you said, yeah. also by other managers in Italy, Nedo Sonetti, Lido Vieri at Torino, in your first time in uh, Italy, in the Italian League. Renzo Olivieri and Daniel Passarella at Parma as well, before yes. going with Graham Suiness at Blackburn in the English League. You were in talks with Juventus when the Bianconeri were coached by Marcello Lippi in 1998, 99. around that that era. You also had already played for Torino, their crosstown rivals a couple of years previous to this. So Italian football had already seen you and they were looking for a a, a more mature Hakan to come back. And at that time you were scoring so many goals for yeah. Alatasaray. And we will go now to some of your highlights in Turkey, such a glittering career in Turkish club football where you were part of that Galatasaray team that won back to back 4 years consecutively yes. and firstly let's talk about uh, that first spell at Galatasaray in the early 90s after the beginning of your career at Sakaria and Sakariyaspor, That's yes. your hometown is that right Yes, yes hometown and then you went from there to Bursaspor, and then to Galatasaray. Uh, yes. And Galatasaray built a brand new team based on young players at the beginning of the 1990s. The club mixed youth academy players uh, and young promising Turkish players like yourself. And uh, there was Hakan uh, Sukur Okan Buruk in the 1992 squad that had also Arif Erdem, Tugay Kerimoglu, uh, yes. Bulen Korkmaz, uh, Suat Kaya. Together, these yeah. players form galahs.
1: Emre, Belezolu, Emre Belezolu, you know Emre? And yeah, of course. Inter Milan. Inter
0: Milan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so a, a great squad. And this yes. all this all contributed to Turkey qualifying for Euro 96 for the first right. time. And these guys went on to win the UEFA Cup together In the year 2000, they were also part of the World Cup team of 2002 together. But when Galatasaray signed you in 1992, they effectively bought you as a replacement player for an outgoing striker, Tanju Chola. Yes. He won the European Golden Shoe. He got into the Ballon d'Or top 10 and scored 145 goals for Galatasaray. So at the age of 21, you had a lot of expectation, big shoes to fill. And those memorable goals I've seen of you at Galatasaray, you know, when you lobbed the keeper against Bursaspor, Spor, your composed finish against Altai, where you had to slot the ball in between the defenders and the goalkeeper that was standing on the goal line. So very intelligently taken goals.
1: Yes, yes. I you were well, well, yeah.
0: yeah, you were well known, so well known throughout Turkey but there were some big tests which announced you on the group stage. So let's talk about the UEFA Champions League. Yeah. For those of you that are younger than Hakan and myself, and 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 the, Euro, the European Cup was once known as what we know now, the UEFA Champions League. That Champions League format was brought in with groups in 1992-93. But in 1993, you won your first piece of silverware as a Galatasaray player in that 1992-93 Turkish Super League. You beat Fenerbahce by just one point and you scored 19 league goals. Yes. And 26 in all competitions. On the other side of Europe... Alex Ferguson and Manchester United. They won yeah. the English Premier League by 10 points over Aston Villa. So Galatasaray is tasked with confronting one of the all-time best ever English clubs in just the second round of the UEFA Champions League. So this was a playoff against United, which would decide who would qualify for just one of two Champions League groups. Yes. So back then there were only two groups teams had to play off in preliminaries, a first round home and away, and then then a second round home and away leg. So this was considered by many in English football as one of the spiciest contests in Manchester United's illustrious history. So Galatasaray, full of young talent, they knock out Manchester United, filled with players like Peter Schmeichel, Dennis Irwin, Steve Bruce, Gary Neville, Brian Robson, Paul Ince, Ryan Giggs, Roy Keane, and the great... Eric Canto. Spectacular. Yes. And the first leg finished 3-3. And then yes. Manchester United and Alex Ferguson had to go to sure. Istanbul. Alisamian, yes. Yes. There is a documentary called Welcome to Hell, the English title, because it, it's from the viewpoint, the perspective of a Manchester United players and management going to Istanbul because... It was so fiery in that stadium. You had the advantage on away goals. You didn't need to win at home. Yes. And so Alex Ferguson had to bring his team, as you said, to the Ali Samien Stadium for the second leg. So he even said in the warm-up before the game, there was a threatening attitude, just the feeling, the atmosphere of what the Gala fans were shouting, were you yes. know, intimidating these players, and even Roy Keane. It was a nerve-wracking experience for Roy Keane, who was the hard man of English football. The stadium was ablaze. Firecrackers. If you haven't seen this, you have to go and look up the, the highlights of these two legs because also yourself, I saw some of your highlights, your personal highlights in these games, and Peter Schmeichel made some very good saves when you were shooting a goal.
1: Uh, saved is... Um, not is the correct words because I missed. Because and um, there was an uh, easy position, but um I've shot it and um Schmeichel not save and my my mistake I, I missed the position was enough and zero zero and after the three three but I missed the two position we eliminated the and Manchester United. It was in very, very um, good time in story of in Galatasaray. Yeah, a big party atmosphere in
0: the, in the stands. Yeah. And it was a funeral a funeral in the Manchester United dressing yeah. room.
1: Yes. Yes, yeah. of course, because um, they were a great team. And you told them a lot of in quality players' name. And I remember a lot of good players and Eric Cantona, Ryan Geeks, and there was a lot of great players and English football and all of time and maybe best team in Manchester United.
0: Yeah, exactly. And also Galatasaray had a very good but underrated team. Kublai Turkmaz, Switzerland's all-time top scorer, he scored... At Old Trafford, Arif Erdem, who, like you, is also now based in the United States of America. And if you watch that documentary, Welcome to Hell, which you can find on on many platforms, including YouTube, you can see Eric Cantona, he had to be held back during the game because he was so angry. Uh, Galatasaray completed the biggest mission in the history of Turkish club football until that time. Yes. And, you know, even Sir Alex Ferguson, he quoted this you cannot underestimate anyone in Europe anymore. I think uh, Manchester United were winning 2 0 at Old Trafford. He said, if we were 2 0 against Milan, we would have passed. But against this Galatasaray team, for some, somehow you were too tenacious. So in the end, it ended 3 3. All goals were scored in England. And Galatasaray went through on away goals and denied that great Manchester United club team the second successive year that they did not qualify for the UEFA Champions League. And you took that space and Cantona was at war with everyone, including the policemen in some of the reports. In the end, Galatasaray, they faced Barcelona, Spartak Moscow and, and Monaco in the group stage. Group stage, and, yeah. and Barcelona, that was the year Barcelona lost to AC Milan in the final 4-0 Yes. The very next season, it got much more intense because Galatasaray qualified for the group stage again and ended up in a group with Manchester United. Yes, of course. And Gothenburg and Barcelona again. And you got your precious first group stage win and it yes. came against Barcelona.
1: Barcelona 2-1. He's right. We we won the 2-1 in my stadium in Ali and I remember, and it was nice atmosphere in stadium. Stadium, and Arif Erdem and me and score and penalty goal, you know, and we won two one. There was a, and Barcelona score is Romario, I think so. Romario, great, great players, yes. But and when we played in my, it was very difficult for Barcelona players. In there was very quality players. Oh but yeah, Ronald Koeman. Ronald Koeman, Romario and I Stoichkov, I think so, with Guardiola, to... Yedi Croft, uh, yeah, Paquero, yes, Feren. great great team. But and field is was very bad. And they they didn't play, they didn't passing work and in, in the game, but um was in my team advantage and field position, but we won 2-1.
0: Well, you play two halves because even if yes. the field is not in good condition, the, the, the players like Romario are the world's best players. They have to condition themselves for this kind of yes. challenge.
1: Also, we were we were know and before the game we had only one chance. If you play, if we play together and struggling and fighting, and field is very bad, we can we can win. Don't worry, we spoke, I remember in dressing room and we spoke like this, but we played together and all together and struggling together. And we won, it was very, very great night and for us and Galatasaray's story also.
0: A huge night. It sounds to me like, have you seen the movie, The Gladiator with Russell? Yes, a couple of times, not only one. It's when he has that magnificent speech a colossal speech where he tells everyone we have to stick together. So that's what it sounds like that you and your teammates spoke about before the game. Romario made it one nil after 15 minutes. You scored a penalty with, uh, in the second half. And then it was Arif Adam who turned it around for two, one with two minutes left. So guys, you have to go and look up these highlights as well. So you can see, what Barcelona was like before the Barcelona that you know now. And you can see this up-and-coming Galatasaray side and get a historical look at Turkish club football and obviously the nation's biggest club. So the two goal scorers on that day, both you and Arif, are second-generation Kosovar immigrants,
1: yes? Yes, also. I came, my, uh, my father originally from Kosovo, you know, in Pristina, uh, my mother in Skopje and Macedonia and, you know, Yugoslavia and part of the um, different one and, you know, and Kosovo and Macedonia and other one and Serbia and Croatia and a lot of part of the, a lot of and different country. Now, Arif Erdem, we came, my not me, not Arif, but my family and came from back in Turkey and from Kosovo and other city. Yes, originally yes, we are. We came over there.
0: Great. I'm also a second generation immigrant, but to Australia.
1: Yes, yes sir. Australia also Christian very Australia. You you know exactly. Also, and still in, in Australia also.
0: Sometimes I see him in Milano walking around in uh, in uh, Brera area up and down Corso Garibaldi.
1: Yes, yes, and he's living can still in Milano. I I know I know him. Yeah, he Even was. Great player, but he was a funny guy, and so comfortable and bare speaking. Everybody, uh, I, I I like him. Yeah, It probably nice.
0: comes from from his upbringing in Australia. We call this word a larrikin in Australia mm-hmm. when you can use sarcasm and joking around and make everyone feel at home, and that's what it sounds like he is. Even when I hear an interview in you know this year when you can hear him he just sounds so comfortable and he'd be a great guy to have a beer with yes. so hopefully you can uh, get back to milano and have an astrazuro with christian
2: yes say uh, this but uh, let me uh, put it he has a great sense of humor too He's, he has a very witty sense of humor i can humor. see by
0: his smile yeah <laughs> you can read it in someone's face when they've got a really good sense of humor i think uh, maybe i need to test you on some italian but we'll get to that. I'll get I'll get you on some Italian. Don't worry about that. So going back to that Champions League game against Barcelona, that was the year that Milan lost to Ajax in the final 1-0. So okay. your first years in the Champions League resulted in famous victories against Manchester United and Barcelona, who were amongst the very, very best teams outside of Serie A. You came from a side that won four in a row with Galatasaray later on in the 90s. The three Romanians, as... We've spoken about Popescu, Filipescu, and Haji, plus Claudio Tafarel, the great Brazilian goalkeeper, Emre Belizoglu and Okan Buruk in that team where you finished equal with Juventus in the Champions League on eight points, I remember. Yes. But you failed to go through in 1998-99 and you scored six goals throughout the qualifiers in the group, drawing with Juventus twice, I think, under Fatih Terim. Yes. And then you scored an equaliser for 1-1 at uh, Deli Alpi against Marcello Lippi's team featuring yeah. people Inzaghi, Del Piero, David, Zidane. And it was the Inzaghi overhead kick. Uh, yes, then you,
1: it was a nice score, yeah.
0: Beautiful goal. And then you got in behind the defence to control and finish from six yards past yes. Peruzzi. It was a
1: great, great score, yeah. Do you have those memories still? Yes, yes, yes. yes. You remember better than me. You you, you, were, you are great.
0: And oh. uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I do my research. Plus, yeah, how can yeah, I not yeah. research when someone like you from comes course. on? So, second mm-hmm. by second, do you still f- remember how you did it?
1: Yes, if you say any goal, um, I remember everything because before the goal and dressing racing room and last pass f- from who, and I remember everything. And when we played the Juventus and against UE. And in Dele Alpi, and you get remember in score and Hassan Shash, that was a good player, and from the left side, and he he got the ball and inside after I ran and inside and passed behind the defense. And I got the ball and first control was great, and second touch and also great. And I remember the score. Sometimes I'm watching and from YouTube and my scores, but now I have and three kids. We are watching together, and I'm showing my goals and all goals. And my son is sometimes, wow, dad, did you make it? And there are a lot of score. And you played Juventus against MIUV, against Milan, against Manchester United. Uh, you, ha- you had a lot of score. But it's technology and better and for my family. And for um, memorise is most important. I return and my back, you know, and together with my family, uh, I remember everything.
0: Great. And it's much easier to look at the internet instead of carrying video cassettes from the 1990s and 2000s. As they say in Turkish, çok güzel.
1: Çok güzel. I but, try. While, but while playing and difficult, you know, while playing and maybe 20 years ago and before the game, after the game and after the game, you are happy. But before the game, uh, you were uh, a lot of and stressful, you know, and there was a, a lot of big game. But in my story, maybe in this time uh, we are going to make a movie. Okay. Uh, we are speaking any and journalist, any scenarist, any, any writer. And we are speaking about uh, movie. And uh, I have a lot of story, but maybe only one movie and one and a half hours. Not enough for me. You need a series. I, I told them um, sometimes in for documentary better for me and not movie. But uh they told me and we are going to do and maybe movie and flash back you know and they are preparing a different and story
0: well directors producers you've heard this now from yeah. the horse's mouth and you know where to go if you want the next big series because yeah. this is about the biggest player ever in turkish history european history scored the world's fastest goal at the fifa world cup so and you've had a very interesting life since then yeah. so talking about those memories your children must be very impressed with yes. the the accomplishments of your career so we'll go back to just quickly to Galatasaray in the late 90s it was in that game where you beat Peruzzi in inzagi's overhead free kick That's what got you the 1-1 draw at the Deli Alpi. On the final match day, Juventus beat Rosenborg and Gala lost to Athletic Bilbao, which brought Juventus level on eight points. And ultimately they went through with a better goal difference. So Juventus fans will be happy, but disappointing for for you. But the, the next year... In the 1999-2000 season, after scoring four goals in the Champions League, your Gala side defeated the AC Milan of George Weyer and Andriy Shevchenko on the final match day of the group stage, a come-from-behind victory, with yourself and Umid Davila clinching victory and sneaking into third place and thus qualifying for the UEFA Cup, the Europa League, as we know it now, the knockout phase. You scored a diving header in the 87th minute to equalize for 2-2. You won the penalty against Bruno Angotti, in which Uma Davila scored in added time in stoppages to win 3-2 and Galatasaray go through. So from there, you scored at the Renato Dallada against Beppe Signoris Bologna in the third round of the UEFA Cup. Gala wins that 3-2 on aggregate. And this is an ascent. I'm getting somewhere, people. A big vertical leap, your header. And I understand you were carrying an injury at that time, uh, a leg injury, and you had to jump and, and just wait for the ball to come to you, but an intelligent, headed goal.
1: <clears throat> yeah, and bol- against Bologna, is right?
0: Yeah, against Bologna.
1: Yeah. Uh, it was in 1-1 and finished Signori and me and 1-1 and second game, a game and we won and 2-1. And Umit meet Davola and Hassan Shash and, and score, scoring and together, and we won 2-1. And was difficult game. They they missing any one position. It was in crazy. If they and um, uh, had a score and maybe eliminated in Galatasaray. But in after the Bologna game and there was a lot of and great game and different. Oh yeah, and the, the, our game, yes,
0: the Borussia Dortmund game. You and George Haji at the Westphalen Stadion. Yes, in the fourth round. Then two more goals against Mallorca in the quarterfinal. Also, yes. Then two more for you against Leeds United in the semifinal. Yes. yes. And that was your first English scalp of this trophy. Then the big one, the victory over Arsenal at Parkin Stadium in Copenhagen, yes. where you converted your penalty to defeat Arsenal 4-1. There was another Suker in this game, a different pronounced Davo Suker, the Croatian, yes. and Patrick Vieira, they both missed their penalties in the shootout. And Galatasaray, they clinch the first historic piece of European silverware. Yeah. In fact, no other Turkish club has made it past the semi-finals of the UEFA Cup before. Just yeah. since then, Fenerbahce in 2013, and before this was, uh, am I pronouncing this right, Gostep, in 1969, they made it to the quarterfinals, I think. So is this your greatest club achievement?
1: Yes, my success and U- UFR Uf- Uf- champion and third place in World Cup and is my is best.
0: Awesome. And I mean, many, many players
1: have never had the
0: success that you've had. You went from Galatasaray to Inter following all this success. Yeah. including winning the treble at Gala, the, the three trophies in the one season. You moved to Serie A again, yeah. signing for Moratti's Inter Milan in the year okay. 2000. Inter was coached by Marcelo Lippi, as you said. Yes. Until October, he was sacked. And then it was Marco Tardelli who came in. So a very chaotic time for Inter, seeing as though Ronaldo was injured for so long with his knee injury. Christian Vieri was also injured, recovering.
1: Yes, a lot of times injured, yeah,
0: Vieri. What was it like for you to be considered one of the best strikers in the world, recruited to the club with the highest aspirations in the world? Because Inter Milan in this moment only wanted to win. It was not building, it was getting the best players
2: ready to put on the field. So Lippi was the coach at that time. Çok büyük bir koçtu. So he was one of the greatest at that
1: time. Beni Juventus'lu çalıştırdığı dönemlerden bildiği için beni o istedi. Uh, since he
2: had known me uh, from the Juventus times, uh, he actually wanted to recruit
1: me. Ee, geldikten sonra e, tabii onun da söylediği gibi almayı, çok önemli oyuncuları almayı beceren bir takımdı. Parası çok vardı Moratti'nin.
2: as you mentioned, um Moratti had a lot of money and then as a, a team they were recruiting all these, you know, greatest players around the world. An yani içlerinde en az alan bendim yani. So, so I I was probably getting the least payment between
1: those, you know, players. Yani UEFA şampiyonu ve o kupayı alırken çok gol atmış bir oyuncu olarak çok güçlü geldim aslında.
2: Even though you know I had a great background with all the goals that I scored in my past teams and the World Cup third place.
1: Çok büyülü, çok önemli bir ortamdı.
2: Yani çok önemli oyuncular vardı. In I was a you know environment there.
1: Ronaldo oradaydı. Yani çok başarılı bir şey ama sakattı.
2: Uh, Ronaldo, you know, one of the best players was there uh, during that time, even though you know he was injured. Also, Vieri and um, and injured. Vieri also, we all know he was one of the greatest. He was injured.
1: Moratti'nin özel
2: ilgisi çok sevdiği bir Recoba uh, One of uh, Moratti's favorite, uh, again another great striker, Recoba uh, was there.
1: Also, and um, Blan, Lauren Bland were uh, French players, and there was in uh, like this, and uh, there was a lot of and uh, Jugović and Baggio, And in uh, my yeah, it was a very beautiful Yeah,
2: it was just a you know a beautiful environment. I, I just loved it.
1: Almost. Sanıyorum Lippi'nin Juventus'ta gördüğü havayı Inter Milan'da göremedi Lippi. Çünkü o anları çok iyi hatırlıyorum. Yani Birçok yıldız oyuncuya oyuncunun performansından çok memnun değildi. Yani bir takım olmayı beceremiyorduk. Andreas Pirlo. There was a Pirlo also. And a roommate. My roommate in you know, Apiano Gentile. Um, I, um, I have a one roommate and uh, Andreas Pirlo. Us. he's in still in working in Turkey now. Um, Lippi kind
2: of tried to, uh, you know, have the same success that he had in Juventus when he came to Inter Milan. But even though we had great players, I think he couldn't create that team um, bonding or, you know, uh, making sure that all those players play together. So he, he wasn't successful in that. And then after a game or so, I guess he, he left the team.
0: So Lippi struggled to create the same environment that he had at Juventus. And, you know, despite being surrounded by huge superstars, he just couldn't get the team to gel the way in which it should have, considering the big names that they had. Um, Juventus had a college team mentality and Inter just couldn't replicate this. And Lippi ended up leaving in October. But he signed you after some wonderful seasons in Istanbul because you scored 46 goals, 34 goals, 27 goals, 25 goals. There was no other league that could touch Serie A apart from your Barcelona's or Real Madrid's. But even then... Players like Demetrio Albertini were going on loan from Atalanta to to Barcelona. Or uh, players like Guardiola were coming and playing with Brescia from a Barcelona environment. So this is how big this move was. Inter Milan also were probably the richest club, I think, at the time. You wore the number 54.
1: Uh, In my hometown and played in number in 54. Yes. (laughs) Yes. And... Uh, 54, but second year in, in
0: 19. It's similar to Ivan Zamorano. He created a, a thing where he had one and eight yes. to make nine because he was a number nine. And, yes, and there yes. were so many good number nines at Inter at that time and around that era of the Nerazzurri history. And your goals at Inter, you scored six times there, five in Serie A, one in the UEFA Cup against Hertha Berlin at the Meazza. Yes. You came off the bench and brought down a very difficult aerial vertical ball with a superb touch and toe-poked it into the back of the net in the 88th minute. Effectively, this was the winning goal in the tie as Inter won 2-1 on aggregate. So a massive goal. You were sent on to partner Recoba and Vieri at the time. Can you describe the pressure from the Italian media? Was there big pressure to perform during your spell with Inter Milan?
1: Yes, uh, I I felt and sometimes and but um, like Turkey and, and, you know, in Turkish media, same like in Italian. After the Lippi and changed my life in Italy. Yeah, uh, he was, you know, giving a lot of confidence. Him being
2: just there gave me a lot of confidence. And then uh, once he left, the new coaches always brought uh, some other strikers or players along with them.
0: You scored in the Derby della Madonnina. Your yes. goal was described as a super goal, the Hakan Sucker by commentators and pundits. It was a really nice assist from Clarence Seedorf and in a today, breath- yes. breathtaking volley as you stormed through yeah. the Milan defence, Roque Junior and Paolo Maldini were the defenders and you rammed at home past Christian Abbiati in what was considered one of the great derby classics that finished 2-2 in January of 2001. Is that your favourite goal at your
2: time at Inter? Yes, of course. The big one in the Milanese derby if um you know Vieri was not uh, selfish yeah, yeah if, selfish. if he passed yeah selfish if he passed a lot uh, we would have scored a, a lot more goals
1: but all all strikers too much and selfish you know Vieri uh, if he find the position and don't think anybody and Vieri we find a lot of position in same game and 2-2 if he give me and pass uh, i had a lot of score
0: Yeah, the selfish instinct of a striker. Mm. I mean, I know a little bit about this because when I played, I was a striker, but very, very bad, very low level. I understand exactly what you mean. And from this, other Turkish players came to Serie A to play with you at Inter, Emre and Okan. You scored four other Serie A goals this season in 2001, 2002. One Mm -hmm. against the defending champion, Roma, another against Roberto Mancini's Fiorentina, two yes. more against Hellas Verona of Gilardino, Mutu, Cameranesi, and Vincenzo Italiano at the time. Vincenzo Italiano, obviously the Fiorentina coach of today. But unfortunately, we didn't get to see you play with Roberto Baggio because he's my favorite Italian player. I would have loved to see Sucker Baggio, Ronaldo. That partnership there, of course, Vieri, but other big name strikers who impressed when you were in Serie A, so we can give the audience more understanding and context, was David Trezeguet, Dario oh, Hubner, yeah. Henan Crespo. Uh, also, of course, Vieri, who scored the most goals for Inter at that time.
1: And- Thierry Henry, he played in UE.
0: Sure. But he, he was much better in the English league also I mean, yes but yes a very good name uh, he started when he was very young in italy so in italy you did win a trophy but it was not in milan you'd moved to fabio canavaro's parma and yes. won the coppa italia in 2002 alongside claudio tafarel your old teammate from galatasaray defeating juventus in the final over two legs
1: yeah um when i played in inter milan and but m- not in my period for for me you know when i came the, in appia gentile one day and i saw an arigo he was work in for in parma you know general director you know and here and he told me uh, i am going to uh, bring you in to to do parma was a very very bad situation in Serie A, but they were in great team and quality players, you know. And Bogosian and Miku and France players, and there was a lot of Lamushi and Carnavaro and Diwario and Bonazzoli and Benarivo. And there was and Frey, you know, it's a goalkeeper, Frey. Sebastian Frey, yeah, also a striker. There was a butt in. And Serie A is position and end of and league. And they want me. And I, I, I heard from Arigo Sachi. It was very honor, you know. And Sachi wants me, like Lippi. When I came to Inter Milan and want Lippi. And now in Parma team. And he came up here in a gentile. And if you come with me, we are going to go together maybe up. But I didn't play in Inter Milan after the Cooper, you know. And after he came, the Cooper, uh, yeah. Yeah, the Cooper, And I have to go in Parma. And I went there, but I played in a very well game. And we were a good team. You know, there was a Parmalat. And I remember the name is president. I, I think it was
0: Tanzi was the president.
1: Tanzi, yes now. Okay, thank you.
0: And Arrigo Saki bringing you to, to Parma. So two great coaches were your biggest fans in Italy.
1: Carmignani, Carmignani. coaches, Carmignani. Carmignani,
0: okay. At the time, yes. Because no. there was a lot of coaches for Parma around yes. that
2: time.
1: Parma is good city and nice team. He said
2: we accomplished a lot at Parma and then after that I moved to England
0: you ended up going to Blackburn Rovers after Parma so this was just after the World Cup as well there's one question i have for you you're in a very special category because somehow you've ended up at three different clubs with the Czechoslovakian left back vratislav gresko from yeah. inter to parma to blackburn
1: how he played also in Fiorentina, I think so. I remember
0: that. I'm not sure. But uh, when you left Inter, he came to Parma. When you left Parma, he came to Blackburn with you. I don't know how that happened. He was like a magnet. But he did not have the best reputation as a defender in Italy at the time. But I thought it was a, a matter of, of interest. I know a lot of Inter Milan fans out there would yes. be interested to know that. Yeah. So you went to Blackburn Rovers... After your Serie a career, and this was a season where you were coached by Graham Souness and finished in sixth place in the Premier League, yes. what was the biggest difference that you can tell me about the Turkish, Italian, and English leagues?
1: When I went in Blackburn Rovers, there was a, and two quality players also Dwight York and Andy Cole, you know, and two oh, yeah. strength. And third striker Hakan Sukur. You know, um, we were working and together with the Graham Sunas and to Galatasharai. He remembered me. He called, and together with Tugay Kerimolu, uh, if you come here, we are gonna go together, it's best place in the England and Premier League. Okay, I can come um, for you and over there after the World Cup, you know. I didn't play too much game in Italy and I wasn't injured. I can work and together Sonos and together and it was good reason for me. But um, I couldn't think about and Andy Cole and Dwight York. Sure. Because in Manchester United they came is from Manchester United. Yeah. They were in great players and but when I went over there, a couple of uh, weeks after I injured and from my groin, and I didn't play in some games. But after the recovery, uh, I worked a lot of time. I turned back. We played some, some games and three strikers. And Andy Cole, Dwight York, and Hakan Sukur, same field, same time. It was very difficult for England and Blackburn Rovers, and, but um, we had done a great job because, and you know, the sixth place and sixth for place, yeah, it was great. And with Sunus, but after and I turned back in Galatasaray again.
0: At Blackburn Rovers, you also played with an Australian guy, Lucas Neal, who
1: Lucas Neal also, yeah.
0: With uh, many listeners will remember him from the 2006 World Cup. Also, not just yeah. playing with Blackburn, but other Premier League clubs. And oh. also, Damien Duff was with you at, at
1: Blackburn. There was a Brad Friedel. Also, is American guys and yeah, Brad Friedel goalkeeper. Uh, Friedel, the American, played yeah. and we played together with sarai and um, Brad Friedel and Tugay Kirimolo, They called me and come here, and we can uh, play together. Uh, I, I went there, and it was great. But England, English football, you know, in Premier League, it's very fantastic also. And good stadium, good organization. Everything was great. Also, Italy, same like this. Same like Turkey, Italy. But league is very, very quality. And there was a lot of players. But now in Italian uh, football, not comes any player in star, you know, and famous, not too much. But when I played him 20 years ago, there was a lot of quality players. And oh, yeah. like Totti, Cassano, and there was great player, And there was a, a, a lot of them like this. But now I don't think so and same like in before uh, 20 years ago.
0: Yeah the standout players are very different now because I think football has changed as well. Yes. So which was the best coach you played under in your career?
1: Yeah um I um we worked together with Fatih Terim a lot of time uh, I like him but my best um uh, coach and uh, Lippi. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm I also in Graham Sunos and different one and so uh, close and to and players and funny and nice in soccer career and and football player, you know, and soccer player also and after a trainer they know he know he knows in everybody uh, better than Lippi. But different, kind of, and different. Fatih and Lippi and Sunos is, was great for me. But best of and uh, Lippi.
0: Well, it's so great that you got to experience many different coaches from many different backgrounds. Yes, of course. Of your 332 career goals, 38 of them were scored in Europe. Which, I think
1: 398.
0: 398 goals. Is that including the international?
1: Yes, also with, with together with international, I think so. Yeah,
0: but which which of your club goals do you think was the most important? Is there the most and a, a most important goal for you, or there's many with the equal
1: value? Many, yeah. Um, I can't say only one goal because I have a lot of score. very difficult for uh, answer. Do you remember? Sure. Any goal and for my goal? (laughs) Which one? (laughs) (laughs) Which one is best and most important? I remember the European ones. European once in Leeds United against Leeds United and away game and was great uh, score. And very important score, also in Dortmund goal, you know. No I, love, I love the in, Inter goal as well. The also in Cidorp, Milan yeah. against the Milan and Sidorf pass, and yeah. I made the score it was great. Score.
0: Spectacular! You've got the Milanese derby goal against AC Milan. You've got your UEFA Cup run against Borussia Dortmund and Leeds, which really? you scored four goals to get to the final against Arsenal and overcome Arsenal.
1: Also I remember one goal more and because in against Juve we played in Germany you know we won 2-0 against Lippi, and we won 2-0 and first goal was great and when I came the first post and running and front of the Pudor, and I got and I run in speed and rotate my head and other side was great goal glancing I, I like this goal yeah Okay. How do you M- say Mukemel? M- yeah, Mukemel. mükemmel, M- yeah. Perfect.
0: Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I don't yeah. think so, but thank you, Hakan. Yeah. So, your trophies with clubs eight Turkish Super League titles with Gala. Yes. You finish your career there in 2008, five Turkish Cups with Gala, two Turkish Super Cups or the President's Cup, the UEFA Cup. 16 overall at Galatasaray another Turkish Cup in 1987 88 with Sakaria Spor your hometown yeah. club an Italian Cup with Parma so I'm counting 18 trophies for club yeah. so 18 is amazing as a bonus the 1993 Mediterranean Games with Turkey you played in a FIFA World Cup semi-final and lost narrowly with a Ronaldo goal against one of the best Brazil teams of all time. And they won the World Cup in 2002. On an individual level, you scored the fastest ever goal in a World Cup, the very next game against South Korea in the playoff. This was your 37th goal for Turkey, I counted, from 51 in total and 12 were scored in friendlies. 39 of them scored either in qualifying for the Euros or the World Cups or during those tournaments. So there's a lot of weight on these international goals. You scored a brace, two goals against Belgium at Euro 2000. Yes. Before retiring from the national team, you smashed in four goals in one match against Moldova in the Euro 2008 qualifiers. Yes. Going to the game against Belgium in the Euro 2000 group stage, First, yeah. you were in a tough group with Italy, Sweden, and Belgium. Sweden. Uh, first, uh, it was Italy, Turkey in the group with Conte with the overhead
1: kick, and Belgium and Sweden, and and first sixteen, and we played in Portugal. Yes.
0: Do you remember the Conte free uh, overhead kick against yes. Yes. great goal? Then two the equalizer one. from Okan, and then the Filippo Inzaghi penalty. 2-1
1: two one, two one lose. Yeah.
0: Turkey then drew with Sweden, nil all. But then Hakan Suker steps up to score two goals against Belgium when it counted most. The game finished 2-0. And with this result, Turkey finished second in the group to qualify for the quarterfinals. So a a big performance from you. You went on to play Portugal. It was Nuno Gomes who scored two goals in that game in the quarterfinal. There was also heartbreak for Italy in this tournament. Because they lost the final against France, the wheel tort and uh, Trezegate yeah. a golden goal. Yes, uh, you, end, you ended the tournament level with Francesco Totti, Filippo Inzaghi, and Zenadine Zidane for goals scored. So great effort there. Yes. Uh, is do you still rate the FIFA World Cup performance on an individual level better than this?
1: Yeah, of course,
0: of course, for World Cup. Yeah.
1: Yes, World Cup is most important, all of that,
0: yeah. Top scorer of Turkish league of all time, 249 goals. Yes. Top scoring Turkish player in Champions League, 22 goals. The IWFHS world's best top division goal scorer of 1997, 46 goals. Technically, you won with 38 goals, but you beat Ronaldo Nazario de Lima Ronaldo, CR9, who scored 36 with Barcelona that season. So you're you're behind just Messi, Ronaldo, and Luis Suarez and Jardel in this category. Amazing. You were also named the world's most effective top division goal scorer
1: in the same year. Yes, well done. Yeah, you are right. And I have a one reward, reverse, and effective players. And not only for scoring and effective and for team work and together and players and effective players, yeah.
0: So you beat two Brazilians that year. One was Ronaldo and the other one was Edmundo from Vasco da Gama. Who who went to Serie A to play with uh, Fiorentina. Post-football, after football, you've been very active since retiring in 2008. A huge career and the biggest personality especially a sporting personality in Turkey, since you retired. When I googled your name, the Wikipedia page doesn't tell me you are a former international Turkish footballer. It tells me you're a former member of the National Assembly of Turkey. (laughs) What can you tell me about this?
1: So confused. Um, uh, You know, uh, you are a very famous man and uh, destiny of my country. Because when you're famous, they are using your name and about and different part of the different side, you know, and um, you know in political and and they are using me and for in your area and sports area, uh, they offered me and for your country and if you do and best for your sports career and for all the young people and you know in Turkey. Uh, they offer me and political, but um, I couldn't think uh, anything in political. But um, uh, I accept and for offer and for your young people, but I couldn't find uh, uh, my dream and political. You know, they they using my name and a lot of time, uh, but uh, now um, I am regret you know, and for political.
2: Uh, This is not what what I wanted, you know, personally. uh, uh, I didn't want to get into this, but uh, since, you know, there are a lot of violations going on in Turkey uh, in terms of freedom of speech, you know, uh, all the rights. So he, he, he just felt like he needed to fight for people. Uh, When he, uh, another point, when he got into it, uh, you know, the party's direction was different, the people were different, but it changed after, you know, some time. So because of Hakan's fame,
0: people wanted him to be invested more in politics Mm. and use his name to influence a political party. Is this where this is
2: going? Exactly. If if you look at his um, uh, Twitter account. You would see it there too. His name was used for, you know, certain purposes, either a party purpose or people basically used his fame and, you know, uh, since he was well known in the country. Sure.
0: I, I don't know enough about this subject, but I do know that recently during the World Cup, of course, when there's a very quick goal scored and as a football broadcaster, we do our research. So we know that. Hakan is the world's fastest goal in a World Cup. So he his name comes up a lot. And in England and in many other countries, there wasn't a problem for this. But uh, I did read an article in the newspapers here where somebody like me, a football commentator, lost their job because they said Hakan Sukur in the telecast. Is this correct?
2: Uh, that, that That's why actually at the beginning he warned you are you going to be also fired or something? <laughs> yes, that, that is totally correct. Uh, it, it happened recently. A uh, uh, TRT1 um, uh, speaker, you know, he was fired uh, right on the spot. Wow. Uh, well, I hope I don't get fired,
0: but who could <laughs> fire me? Because I'm in, I'm interviewing one of the great players of European football who played in Serie A. So I think in Italy, you're... a. Uh, a well-followed and loved footballer. So people would remember you more for your football in Italy or in England than anything you've done after your career.
1: And I saw in any news now, Mihailović's dad is right. Sinisa
0: passed this week, quite sadly. The former Lazio Sampdoria, Inter player. Did you play against Mihailović when you were in Italy?
1: I remember him, but I didn't play well together with him. But he, were, he was a great player, also. Such one, a great player. Uh, such a great, and so smart, and so technique, and was. But I sadly now, and I saw a new one, and from and in Instagram, and that, and Clarence Sidorf, and Wright, and any words and about uh, him, and I'm sadness yeah.
0: Yeah, me too. It's uh, viewers and and listeners will know. Sinisa Mihailovic as the former Bologna coach of recent years but for the young ones out there one of the best left foot free kick takers you will ever see and uh, he was also in his peak during the 90s and the early 2000s when Hakan was playing in that golden era possibly the best era of footballers in our history and I really recommend to go and Look up some of the Siniša Mihailović highlights. There's so many of them. Such a brilliant player, uh, left back, and uh, could also play a little bit in midfield. wasn't the fastest player, but was very intelligent and such a good left foot.
1: But he, uh, he was think about and speed, speedy, and and very smart, and not speed and not faster, but and he used the mind and speed and yeah. quick despite and quick pass and quick position technically and free kick you know and passing it was he was a great player and all a composed
0: so. player yes and such a good player played for uh yugoslavia in his early days and <laughs> then and then with serbia and a massive loss not just for uh, yeah. football in Europe, but especially Serie A because that's where he spent most of his career also with Roma and a magnificent player. Heaven now has two very good left foot free kick takers, Diego and Sinisa. So, I was sorry to see the passing of uh, Sinisa Mihailovic and I'm I'm glad that you brought that up, Hakan, because a big loss for, for everyone. I'd like to thank for helping us out today with the translation. Magnificent stuff, guys, 100%. Anyone needs translating, come to these two. Thank you, the magnificent, brilliant Hakan Turkish legend, Serie A, star, and thank you so much for joining us on LEGO Football. I want to say one thing. Hoşçakal.
1: Hoşçakal. Be, be, See çakal
2: Before you say, hoşçakal, um, you did not hear these uh, qualities of him. I mean, yes, he's a great player and all that, but overall, he's a beautiful human being, uh, has a great sense of humor, and and also has a great memory. I mean, whatever he, he talks about, you know, in, in terms of the goals and all those moments, if you go watch, you would see it second by second. I'm not, yeah. I don't remember what I what I ate yesterday, but somehow he remembers it all. <laughs> There's too many goals to remember. Too many goals. But he remembers
0: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, if I scored uh, 500 goals, 400 goals, I would never... I can't even remember. I scored 20 goals and still can't remember uh, most of them. So. <laughs> okay, then. Thank, All thank, right. thank you very much. Thank you very All much, Hakan. Thank. thank you for joining us for this interview. It was an exclusive with Hakan Sukkar, who was kind enough to dedicate some time to come on to the LEGO Football podcast and tell us a little about his career and a little bit about his current life and circumstances. We hope to have him on again and give him the English-speaking platform that he needs heading into 2023. And let's hope to hear him on the airwaves soon in terms of football commentary. And just an update on Hakan Sukur in 2023. You can find him online on Twitter at Hakan Sukar. On Facebook and Instagram, he might be using the handle at Hakan Sukar 9. Don't forget to follow Lego Football on Twitter. It's at Lego Football. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, TikTok. We thank you for joining us on the Lego Football Podcast. Happy New Year 2023. All the best to all the football fanatics out there. And once again, the YouTube link for this interview where you can see the dialogue between myself and Hakan Sukur, is available in the show description. Do scroll down and catch up to the latest podcast where we talk about the Italian youth with Roberto Mancini. We'll have more coming your way in the coming weeks. Grazie ci sentiamo.